We now begin a new Masechta, Maseches Orla. The word Orla, Rashi says, means Atum and Satum. Atum means um, sealed off, as in the modern Hebrew, Cheder Atum. You have your, your bomb shelter room that's sealed off, so no gas can get inside. And Satum is a, a is blocked, as in a stima, as a blockage, like if a pipe has a stima, it's blocked. So this is referring, um, in the context of our Masechta, as fruit in its first three years that it grows on a tree, it's blocked off, it's sealed off, it's forbidden for consumption, and actually not just for consumption, but actually even for any benefit. It, there's an Isr Hanna, ben, Isr prohibition against any, getting any benefit from the first three years of fruit from a fruit tree. Uh, the entire Masech deals with that topic and the more general topic of um, Tarovus of mixtures, and that's because for a something that's prohibited in Isra to be not just forbidden for consumption, but actually Asr Bahana, forbidden to get any benefit from, is fairly unusual in the Torah. It does exist. We had it already in Kilai HaKerem. We talked about how if you have grains or greens planted in a vineyard back in Masechus Kilayim, so then if they grow together, then the grains or greens and the vines have to be burned. They're Asr Bahana, and that's similar to the case here of Orla. And because, and there are a few other examples as well of that in the Torah, um, the Basar Bachalav, meat and milk cooked together is Asar Bahana, um, the, uh, the contents of the of the Irhani Dachas, the city that was turned to idolatry, its contents are Asar Bahana, um, Avodazar itself, an idol, is Asar Bahana, but that's pretty much the whole list, it's not a very long list, um, and that being the case, just as we saw back in Meseches Kilayim, we talked about the Isr Hanada that applies to Kilai Um The normal rules of mixtures, meaning that usually you need to have simply Midoraisa, the Torah requires just a simple majority, Rove. Um, and in the case where you have Ta'am, when you have a transfer of tastes, you might need 60 times against. Um, but more than that, typically, if you have 60 times of permitted substance against a forbidden substance in a mixture, the whole mixture becomes permitted. Um, however, because Orla, like Kilaya Karim, is not just forbidden to eat, but it's actually Asr Bahana, it's forbidden to get any benefit from. So um, the rabbis upped the standard not to 60 times, but to 200 times. We saw back in Trumas 100 times for Truma for whatever reasons, but this is the most. 200 times is um, pretty much um, the max the highest required ratio, um, except, of course, for things which are never bottled in any amount. So we will discuss um, for much of the Masechta the halachas that apply to tarovos mixtures in general. This is the source for that. It's fascinating stuff. Um, but uh, the primary theme, of course, is Orla, this fruit in its first three years. Now, the basis of this entire mitzvah and the whole Masechta essentially boils down to one pasuk. That pasuk is in Vayikra in Perk Chav Gimel, Chapter 23, excuse me, Perk Yotes Pasuk Chav Gimel, it's 19, chapter 19, verse 23, where it says, V'chi savo el ha'aretz, when you come to the land, unatatem kol eitz ma'achal, va'araltem arlaso espirio, and you plant any tree for eating, meaning a fruit-bearing tree, you will treat its fruit as orla. Again, an unusual choice of words, really. It means blocked off and forbidden to you. For three years, it will be blocked off, forbidden to you. And during that time, you may not eat from the tree. 
The next Pasuk already moves on to fourth year uh, fruits, which we discussed back in Meister Sheni, the halachas of, of Neta Ravai, Uvashana Haraviyasiya, Kol Pirio, Kodesh Lashem. In the fourth year, it's sanctified produce for praising Hashem. And then the next Pasuk says, Uvashana Hamishas, when it comes to the fifth year, Tochlu es Pirio, Lahosif, Lachem Tvoaso, Ani Hashem Lokechem. It's already free for you to consume as you wish in the fifth year. And, uh, and so keeping these halachas, Hashem promises that our crops will increase. Okay, so that's the the source for the really the whole Masechta and, and Orla. Um, let's just go over a basic introduction to these the, the basic principles that's learned out from those Pesukim, etc. So, first of all, you see that we're talking here about a tree. Orla applies specifically to trees, um, and that means essentially the same as the halachas of brachas go, be differentiated between agricultural produce that gets a bray priya eight and other kinds of agricultural produce. So those same uh, differentiation will apply here. Essentially, loosely speaking, where you make a bray priya eight, those are the kind of things that are subject to the oral requirements. Um, so the definition of a tree to meet those requirements to get the bray priya eight bracha is actually a bit of a machlokus in the Rishonim. Beis Yosef brings two shitas. Um, the first shita, which is the shita of the Rosh, says that any plant that you don't have to replant the subsequent year to get another crop, meaning once you've planted it once, it just keeps on growing and producing fruit year after year, that is considered to be a, a Bray Priyait, and, and similarly that would then apply for Orla. However, um, the Mordechai disagrees. Mordechai requires that it's not just that it, the rootstock retains, stays there year after year, but also that it has like a like a woody stem above ground um, that also lasts from year to year. And from that stem that lasts from year to year, the fruit comes thereafter. So according to that second opinion, which is the halacha, certain things which kind of look like trees, most famously, I think, most well-known, are the banana and the pineapple. Since when it comes to a banana... That that truncle which comes out of the base of the of the roots, it, it produces bananas for one year, but then it dies and a new one grows at the middle. So bananas are bray priyadama, and bananas are not subject to the halachas of orla. Same goes for pineapples. Um, similarly, certain plants, say like a strawberry, who the rosh would say, since you don't replant it year after year, actually gets a bray priyates. Surprisingly, but we do not do that. We do not make a bray to make an adama on the strawberry. And similarly, um, the strawberry, since it has no perennial woody stem in the middle, um, isn't subject to the halachas of orla. Okay? There is some nuanced differences. I don't want to get into right now, to be honest. Um, papaya, for sure, not subject to orla. Uh, but certain um, berries, which grow on bushes, the minag seems to be to make a bray adama on them, um, like raspberries uh, and, uh, and blackberries. But... It's not so pasha that a raspberry blackberry isn't really a tree, I mean, even though it grows in a bush, so that's more complicated and um, yeah, beyond the scope of this share here. If you actually have any, a question about what to do with your uh, blackberries or raspberries, uh, you should ask a rav about orla, etc. Okay, now, um, the second important thing to discuss besides for what we're talking about here is ty- types of trees is what part of the plant. The Mishnah makes it clear, as the Pasuk does, that we're talking about the fruit. And uh, that means it's the fruits that are forbidden, but not, let's say, the leaves or the flowers or the wood. There's no restriction or in its first three years of taking 
wood from a tree and making firewood or you know i don't know what taking it's whatever it's it's uh it's uh leaves and making some jewelry or something like that that's not a problem and it's just the fruit proper of course the fruit includes the shomer uh the parts of the fruit that are not edible but protect the fruit like the peel and so those are included um the other big question to just um, make clear before we begin the Masech is how we count these three years. It's not as simple as you might think. It's not that a plant has a birthday and after, you know, on the anniversary of its, third anniversary of its being planted or something, uh, it's no longer Orla. Nope. Uh, if you recall from Masechus Rosh Hashanah, the trees have their own private fiscal year, their own Rosh Hashanah. In fact, they have two. Um, there's a Rosh Hashanah for Natios, which are young saplings, uh, immature trees, and a separate Rosh Hashanah for Ilanos, for mature trees. Um, the Rosh Hashanah for a freshly planted tree, a Natiya, is what we call Rosh Hashanah, the first day of Tishrei, whereas the Rosh Hashanah for an Ilan, a mature tree, is Tubishvat. So let's discuss that for a moment here. The basic idea is that we count, to be speak loosely for a second, I'll, I'll clarify more in a minute, how many Rosh Hashanahs this plant has gone through. So if you have a, if you plant a, a tree mid-year when the first Rosh Hashanah hits, so now it's entering into its second year. And when the second Rosh Hashanah hits, it's entered into its third year. And when the next Rosh Hashanah hits, it's now left a third year into its fourth year, and we'd be um, moving out of the Orla restrictions. Um, but let me just clarify. For the first year to count as a whole year, the plant has to at least have um, been rooted in the ground for 30 days. And for a plant to take root, it takes some time. I mean, when you put a seed in the ground, um, it takes some time for that seed to take root. And we posken that under normal circumstances, unless you know otherwise, it's uh, 14 days to take root. Uh, you might recall that there's a machlokas we've seen a couple times in the Mishnahs already. If it's three days, 14 days, or 30 days to take root. But in any case, the lach is 14 days. So that means that if you want to have a truncated, shortened first year for your tree, um, so as long as you plant it with enough time, that can have it can have um, 14 days to take root, and then 30 days in the ground once it's taken root, all before Rosh Hashanah. So when the first Rosh Hashanah, I mean the first of Tishrei arrives, um, the tree will now already begin its second year in the oral account. Um, so that means if you do the math, basically you have to plant the tree um, 14 days before, 30 days before Rosh Hashanah. 30 days before Rosh Hashanah is, let's say, the 30th of Av, Okay, because you have a month of L in between. And 14 days before that will bring you to um, either um, Tezayin or Tezvav of Av, Tubav, the 15th or 16th of Av. It depends on if you count the partial day as a whole day or not, which is a separate discussion. But in any case, if you plant it by Tubav, by the 15th of Av, you for sure will have enough time that it will take root in 14 days and been in the ground for 30 full days. And then you will be able to count that first year as the first year of your Orla. Then, till the next Rosh Hashanah is the second year, till the next Rosh Hashanah is the third year. Uh, <clears throat> at that point, your plant's entering its, its fourth year, but, and this is a little bit counterintuitive, since the plant has now stopped being a Natiya, and now it's called an Ilan, a more mature tree. Again, just to clarify, the word eights, referring to tree, refers to a tree in general, but we differentiate, the Mishnahites differentiate between a Natiya, a young tree, and an Ilan, a more mature tree. So once our tree has entered, um, has passed through its third Rosh Hashanah, 
it's graduated from being an Atiyah to being an Ilan. And as counterintuitive as it may seem, the Mishnah gives a new Rosh Hashanah for Ilanot, um, sort of moving the goalposts and saying the birthday doesn't happen um, for another four and a half months until we get to Shvat, uh, Tuba Shvat. So that means that while, if you will, an example like you before, your tree's first year is ultimately just basically a month and a half, could be as short as a month and a half if you plant it in the middle of Av, um, and the second year will be 12 months as a normal year. The third year um, will be extended. It won't be 12 months. It'll be 12 months from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, plus another four and a half months till Tu B'Shvat. And at that point, your tree will have passed through its third year as a now a mature Elon. And any fruits which um, have Hanata, which blossom, I'll call it loosely speaking for a second, um, after that point, after Tubishvat now belongs to the fourth year, and they're totally out of the oral restriction. They might be subject to the fourth year net requirements, but that's a different topic. Oral is no longer applicable. Okay, so that means just sort of saying it in different words to make sure the concept is clear. If you want to um, minimize the number of months you'd have to wait from when you plant your apple tree, let's say, um, until it stops being restricted by Orla. So you could plant it um, essentially one and a half months before the end of the what we call Rosh Hashanah. Then you'd have 12 months for the second year. Um, you'd have 12 months for the third year, but then since the goalposts move, you need four and a half more months from the beginning of Tishrei till the middle of of Shvat, um, which means that while the first year will be just one and a half months, that third last year will be not 12, but actually 12 plus four and a half or 16 and a half months. If you do the math, you have one and a half for the first, 12 for the middle, and 16 and a half for the third, for a total of um, roughly 30 months. So you could compress it to as little as 30 months from when you first put the seed in the ground to when the produce, the fruit from the tree, is no longer Ola. If a person plants this, the seed, let me just, sorry, Hanata for a second. So that, that means, just to clarify this point, hypothetically, if in that third year, after the beginning of the fourth year, I'll call it now, if after that third Rosh Hashanah, but before Tubishvat, fruits begin to grow, those fruits are still restricted as Orla, um, the definition for when a fruit starts to grow is Hanata throughout the Torah. And Hanata, while subject to a bit of controversy, we'll define it simply as when the petals of the flower in which the fruit was fertilized and is beginning to grow, when those um, petals fall off, that's called Hanata. So as long as that happens after Tubishvat of that fourth year, so then your fruit is permitted. If it happens before Tubishvat, it's not permitted. Um, the Rosh says, and experiences such, that in Israel, and certainly further north, like the Rosh, where the Rosh was in Germany, etc., um, as a matter of practice, fruit trees do not blossom in the wintertime, and therefore there's not much likelihood, there's no real scenario where normal trees would start blossoming and having Hanata prior to Tubishvat, which ends up being like, you know, in February sometime. Um, but it could be Nogea, for argument's sake, in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia, etc. Okay, so that's that's how the counting works. Now, if you planted your tree within 44 days of the first of Tishrei, what we call Rosh Hashanah, so then that first year won't count. And ironically, instead of having a very truncated year and a half, excuse me, a month and a half 
long first year, you'll have a protracted and extended first year, which will actually last more than 12 months. In other words, for argument's sake, if you planted your tree on the first day of Elul, so you won't have requisite time on the ground, and therefore your tree won't enter its second year for the oil account until not 12, but 13 months, all of Elul plus then another 12 months. So that will be year one. Then, of course, 12 months get you through year two. Then 12 months get you through year three. So that adds for a total of 12 plus 12 plus 13. gives you 37 months. Okay? Now, at that point, as it happens, there's a machlokas for Shonim. If um, now the first of Tishrei, Elul, excuse me, of the fir- first of Tishrei, what we call Rosh Hashanah, will um, count now as the beginning of the fourth year. If you have to again have to wait until Tubishvat, the Ramam says, no, you don't. He says that kind of 37-month 30, scenario is sufficient, um, whereas others say no, like in the previous scenario I described, you need to now that you have an Ilan, wait until Tubishvat. So it could not be 37 months, but now you're talking, like, say, 41 and a half months until um, it enters its, its fourth year. That's a machlokus. The Shulchan Aruch brings the Rambam and then brings the Yesh Omrim, like another second opinion that says you have to be strict and wait till Tubishvat of that fourth year. Um, in practice, again, I told you it's, it's not really such a big deal in the Northern Hemisphere in Israel because no plants are really blossoming that early. But in any case, the Chazanish Paskans, the Halacha in Eretz Yisrael, you should be machmir and, um, and uh, treat anything that has Hanata that blossoms prior to Tubishvat of that fourth year um, to be restricted by Orla. Now that brings us to the topic of Chutzlarts. One can be lenient in Chutzlarts um, in such a scenario like I described, but that tells you one thing that I haven't set out, which is that the halachas of Orla apply in Chutzlarts as well. So interestingly, the halachas of Orla apply in Eretz Yisrael Midoraisa. In Israel, they are really a Torah requirement, even Bismanazeh, even nowadays, although it is a it's most of the mitzvahs hatuliyas arts, most of the agriculturally based, eretzral based mitzvahs, um, for the most part, are not in effect now midoraisa, because the majority of the Jews aren't in Israel, and some other reasons, perhaps as well. Um, we just got finished uh, learning Chala, where we said even if the Jews were back in Israel, Chala would still be. Excuse me. Yes, Chala would still. Excuse me. We just finished Pesachas Chala, where we said that even if one holds that trumas amaisos are chayev. Um, Midoraisa nowadays still Chala wouldn't, because Chala still doesn't have the majority of Jews back in Israel, so Chala is, is not a Doraisa here. On the flip side here, in Orla, Orla is a Doraisa mitzvah, an applicable Midoraisa um, nowadays, even with the Jews um, not being majority back in Israel. Now that's based on the Pesukim. What's fascinating is the halachas of Chala also apply Midoraisa in Chutzlar, it's outside of Eretz Israel. But what's really fascinating is that there's no mention of that in the Pesukim. Uh, it's not in the verses. It's rather a tradition we have going back to Moshe Rabbeinu Har Sinai, called the Halacha L'Moshe Misinai. Um, it's a Halacha L'Moshe Misinai that Orla is forbidden even out of the very Israel and Chutzlaretz. Now, what's curious is that this Halacha L'Moshe Misinai, this tradition we have, um, comes with a caveat. There's a caveat built into the Halacha L'Moshe Misinai, which is that Suffolk, Orla, if you're not sure about a fruit status, whether it's Orla or not, in Chutzlarts, outside of Eretz Yisrael, is permissible. So that's not it's not a suffix, it's simple, it's a din. If it's, meaning if it is suffix Orla in Chutzlarts, it is permissible. Um, fascinatingly, 
in Eretz Yisrael, Suffolk Orla has the usual rules of, of Sveikas, of, of doubts, and that's beyond what I want to discuss right now. Okay? So that's where it applies, in Eretz Yisrael and out of Eretz Yisrael. Um, a few other loose ends I just want to speak out here. Um, the Isser of Orla is applying, as we said, just the fruit, but not to the plant. It also only applies to trees that were planted for the sake of bearing fruit. But if you planted um, wood, a tree for the sake of, let's say, it's 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 lumber, you want to just make wood out of it, or you're using it as say, a, a, a hedge um, around your vineyard, let's say. So then if you planted it just for the sake of making a hedge and it happens to grow fruit, those fruits are not restricted by the halachas of Orla. Okay? Um, also worth speaking out here, is that um, the restrictions of the Isser Hana, the provisions against getting benefit from the fruits, uh, means that you couldn't, say, feed it to your animals, because that's getting benefit. You couldn't barter it. Uh, you certainly can't sell it. You can't burn it and then use it as, like, you know, you can't take, let's say, olive oil in a for three years and use the oil for lighting up your house. All that stuff would be totally forbidden as uh, under restrictions of Isser Hana. Okay, and I think with that, we are ready to begin the Masech in earnest. So let's go.